this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, we're going to talk about making a courtyard. Not an orchard, a courtyard. And the reason that I call these courtyards, or a courtyard, is because instead of a regular orchard, you're growing something in the understory, something smaller underneath the trees. Also, it's a little bit different and I think you'll really enjoy it. Keep in mind that when you're creating a courtyard, you're going to need more than one tree and you're going to need quite a bit of space because you're creating a moment in time that's going to grow over the years and give you many years of enjoyment and peace and memories. So take out your big book of stuff and open up your big book of stuff so that we can start adding in something new. Turn to the section on gardening and horticulture and if you're really ambitious and have that extra section, look under the part on trees. And let's get started. Now if you're an arborist, right about now you're ready to have some sort of fit because you don't like me messing with the word orchard and I understand that. And there's no reasonable explanation and justification for me to change the linguistic lexicon that people who are listening to this podcast might have, except for I feel like it, and this is what we do, and this is our podcast, right? You and me. We're friends, and friends make up little fun phrases together, so we made up courtyard, and a courtyard is a small orchard of trees that have smaller plants by design ringing around the base of them. Now, because of that nature of the way the courtyard works, you already know you're not going to be using black walnut because black walnut, mm, no, no, it's not going to let anything grow at its base, not really. So that is definitely not what we're going to be using. Preferably for your courtyard, I'm going to recommend you use dwarf trees or five fruit trees if you can find them that are suitable for your area. If you've never heard of a five fruit tree, it is a tree that has grafting where there are different fruits on that tree. Generally it's stone fruits. Uh, You may have a tree that has peach, plum, cherry, nectarine, and something odd like an avocado. I'm just kidding. There will not be an avocado on there, but there will probably be an apricot. Okay? And you have all these fruits growing on the base tree, and they bloom usually generally around the same time, but you're going to get fruitings according to the season that they generally would have fruit for that particular tree. So, You'll probably have your apples and your cherries fruiting at slightly different times because of different times of the year that they're supposed to fruit. So really, you can visit your tree year-round. 
And if you can get five of those, especially when they're very young, that's a great deal. And honestly, I do recommend that more so than just a single fruited tree if you have that option. But if not, that's okay. Uh, you're going to want at least five trees to make this layout, and we'll get to that now. So for your layout, um, and again, it depends on the kind of trees you're doing, but for your layout, you definitely want to have a circle of this, so that's why you need a lot of land. I recommend a minimum, and I mean a minimum, of eight feet between each tree so that it has plenty of room to root out, plenty of water, and even that's super close, but you really are making a small little ring. But generally, I would prefer the diameter of your trees um, to be rather large. Uh, if you can make a 13 foot uh, from one end to the other circle, that would be perfect. It doesn't have to be 13 feet, it can be 11, it can be 15, but it gives you plenty of room to walk around in there and plenty of room for them to intermingle later. The branches, although you're going to stay on top of them and talk to an arborist about making sure they don't get too tall, you don't want your trees to get over six feet on you, but in general, you want them to try to begin to co-mingle. And two of the trees should be a little farther apart than the rest so that you have a defined entryway because that's where you're going to put your, your portal, your arch. So this is why you want to do it that way. And it's also really handy if you decide to make that into a trellis for grapevines to kind of really bring it all together. Now if you are doing uh, different kinds of trees rather than five fruit trees, then what I would recommend is that you have a mixture of uh, stone fruits and seeded fruits or other fruits. So maybe a small dwarf apple and maybe a nut tree, not black walnut, not almond, something small. Because nut trees tend to get huge. So maybe instead of an actual tree per se, maybe put in a couple of hazelnut bushes in between the actual trees if you just want to have nuts there. Then also you can add, uh, other than the apple tree, maybe a pear, please not a Bradford, uh, a cherry tree or a peach tree. Remember, many species of fruits need two different kinds of the tree in order for them to fruit and pollinate. So if you do have cherry, you need at least two cherry trees, okay? Uh, you might want to go with something like a plum or an apricot or a plum cot. Uh, if you're adventurous and don't mind um, having certain kinds of interesting effects during the fall, you can go with a wolfberry, a ginkgo tree, or even a juju tree, the jujube tree, depending on your climate. So it really comes down to knowing your area, but you want to be able to gather from them. You want to be able to harvest them. You want to be able to enjoy them. And you want them to be beautiful when they go into flower. The next thing you want to do is decide what kind of plants 
you're going to put at the base of the trees. They shouldn't be things that are going to damage the tree and, and you know, hurt it. Um, I wouldn't recommend putting vining plants there that could become too heavy. And definitely don't use morning glories underneath the trees because they can definitely overwhelm young trees or any other small plants. And that's not what you're going for here. So definitely not at the base of the trees. If you must have them, then I would uh, probably confine them to a trellis at the entryway instead of that or a pergola. So the next thing you want to do is pick again your plants for the bottom. Now for me, my favorite thing is to put strawberries under peach trees. I can't tell you why, it's just it always works out to do very well under there and it's another fruit that you could gather. I personally prefer pink strawberries, but whatever makes you happy is what you should go with. So one combination of one of the five trees, again, you can always expand this if you want, but it would be peach and strawberry. And then for your next tree, depending on what you picked, I'm just gonna pick one. I would say if you have a small pear tree, it might be nice to have lemon balm underneath, underneath it. Because even though um, it's an unusual combination, it does work and it gives a wonderful fragrance, especially if you find that you want something to fill in very well under there until that pear really uh, fills out. So that would be your next area. Keep in mind, lemon balm does have a tendency to spread out, so you might want to plant it in pots or be very, very diligent in your weeding and in your pruning of the plant. Uh, the roots will get away from you if you're not careful, so keep your eye on it. Uh, even go so far as possibly putting a border there to help you out. But again, some things, there's no, no way to, to really fight it so you really do need to keep on top of it so that would be my next combination which would be pear and lemon balm now some people don't plant apple trees or they don't have the ability to find dwarf apple trees or they really don't have that much of a love for them I mean it is a love affair when you have an apple tree especially when you know how large they can become. You have to stay on top of them to make sure they don't branch out everywhere. And sometimes when you prune it, it feels like you're being a little brutal. Don't worry, prune it. It will be fine and it will be more prolific if you prune it aggressively. But for those who don't necessarily have a love affair with the large apples, the other option would be crab apple. And you can make crab apple blossom jelly as well as crab apple jelly. So I'm gonna go here with a crab apple instead of your typical apple for your next tree. Plus the flowers are gorgeous. So a good combination here might be crab apple. And then right below it is something maybe you wouldn't have expected. Some of you probably weren't expecting crab apple. So at the bottom of this, I'm going to recommend two options. Um, depending on your soil, I would probably put something small, but something cute that would be really enjoyable. And that would be blueberry 
but if you don't want to use blueberry, you could use bilberry. I know, it's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. But it does have a medicinal quality. Remember, I am not a doctor, nor am I a certified herbalist or certified naturopath. But bilberry does have uses. So, maybe blueberry or bilberry underneath your crab apple. That's my next recommendation. So for your next tree, I'm going to give you an unusual option, and if you can't get it, that's absolutely fine, but this is kind of like a bonus for people who have listened this far in the episode, and that is to recommend a bush in the place of a small tree in this case, and the bush I'm recommending is the nanny berry. If you're in the Northeast, especially in Michigan, you've probably seen nanny berries, one thing to keep in mind is if you do plant a nanny berry, do not bite down. Those seeds are hard, and while it may be an unusual choice, it would also keep some native plants proliferating. I can't say it. Proliferating, proliferating in our area. See, even I have bloopers. I don't edit them out because we're friends, and friends sometimes can see each other trip over their words. So, that being said, a nanny berry bush would be really nice in the place of a tree or next to a tree. Just keep in mind, nanny berry gets large. Uh, but that's just a choice. You don't have to do it. I'm not the boss of you. And underneath that nanny berry, do you know it'd be really cool if you had a chance to plant it? Me personally? I'd probably get myself a colony of oyster mushrooms. I would inoculate a few logs and put them right at the base of the tree, but not touching the tree, and I would put them in containers, and I would have a nice little colony of oyster mushrooms. It's a fruit, just not a fruit. It's a fruiting mushroom. No? Oh, come on. Throw a gnome in there, why not? Now, if you want to add cherry trees, remember you have to have two different kind of cherry trees. So if you do that, the last two spots, if you can find this to five, are taken up by two different kinds of cherry tree, preferably next to each other. And, you know, but they don't have to be, but it is preferable. And the thing about the cherry tree, make sure that it's not an ornamental one, but one that you would want to be able to eat. If you have more sandy soil, then maybe even get a ground cherry. I'm just kidding. Ground cherries are not real cherries. They are more of a Chinese lantern. But in actuality, there is a cherry that grows closer to the ground, and that is called a sand cherry. And you see it in landscaping more than anything else. I think we've talked about this in our episode on fruit and garden planning. So you could do that in between, but my recommendation would be uh, preferably a black cherry for the medicinal qualities and maybe um, a, a basic cherry. It doesn't have to be any particular one. I don't want to force you to pick one, but um, I do like the super red ones. I mean, everyone knows about Bing cherries, but you can also go with Dwarf North Star. Dwarf North Star. So that would be fun to have as a cherry. And 
what you could plant at the base of those trees because again, you need two of them. You can't do just one, you have to have two. You have to. You could plant something that's gonna flower later. And under one, you could put New England Blaster. Uh, if you've got plenty of room under there and it's got the right conditions, and that's gonna be a wonderful tonic for later in the year. It's also beautiful to look at. And under the other, you could put Calendula. And that's really pretty. And that way you'd have another medicinal. And there's nothing wrong with having medicinals. And if you look at the color schemes of the different flowers, you'll see that this is really popping. It's really gorgeous. And don't, don't worry, we do have some other things to get to. Now, this is going to be a fun thing that I'm going to say. Let's say you didn't do cherries, okay? Let's say you picked some other trees, which is fine. You can do that. Maybe you picked another apple tree. Maybe you picked something like a, a wolfberry. It's up to you, whatever you want to pick. But, and there's the fun part. This, this is going to blow you away. Let's plant a tree that isn't a tree for our fifth tree. That is, let's plant something that you think is a tree but isn't. Let's plant a redbud tree. And you can keep those really low to the ground too. Redbud trees have those wonderful red buds that pop during the spring. And they're edible. Did you know you could eat those? You can make them into syrup. Uh, you can make them into jelly. And you can just eat them raw and they're really good. And then uh, the pods, I think you can eat, but that's not very common. Most people eat the buds. But here's the thing. A redbud tree is not a tree. It is actually a vine. Believe it or not, it is a relative of the sweet pea. So a redbud would be really, really pretty. And guess what you could put at the bottom of that? Roses. Not only roses would grow there, but a ring of small roses with some primroses around the roses themselves would be absolutely gorgeous and they would bloom at different times. Now for some of you, you don't just want fruit trees, you want another option and these might be a lot of, you know, dark colored woods. Not all of them would be, but some of them are. So there's another option you could use. You could definitely grow birch. A small birch tree would be really at home in this kind of thing. And it could be planted as a remembrance tree. Much like a lilac bush, these things can be, you know, planted in honor of those that are departed. But I'm not going to get into the cultures behind that. Um, what I believe may not be what you believe. And that's okay. But a good thing about birch is, you can tap it during the spring. And you can use the sap to make birch beer, like root beer. Um, you can definitely make birch syrup out of it, like maple syrup. But you can, it's easier to maintain it to be small rather than the sugar maple, because those get really big. But yeah, definitely you could put a birch in there. Just keep in mind, you want to give a little bit more room to the birch, because they get nice and girthy. And the other thing about the birch is that um, when it sheds its uh, bark, because it will shed sometimes, that bark is a really great fire starter, which also tells you to keep open fires away from it.
but what are you going to plant at the bottom of the birch, right? I would recommend raspberries. Now personally, I wouldn't recommend grass for the interior unless you're committed to mowing it on a regular basis or unless you have the intention of leaving it to go long because you don't want fleas to accumulate in the grass or other things, but it's up to you. You can leave tufts of grass here and there, but it's a little bit easier if you fill the area with a walkable plant or walking stones, something like thyme or uh, bluebells. It really comes down to what you're comfortable doing. Now, I know you're saying, oh, please don't crush the little bluebells. You don't have to. You can just kind of like put them around the edges, but thyme or other plants that don't worry about you walking on them definitely would be a little bit better than just having um, a situation where you have to constantly go in there and mow the grass. Although a freshly mown lawn looks great, it's not necessarily a great use of the environment as far as grass. I mean, you can. I'm not telling you not to. I'm never telling you not to, but maybe less lawns, more flowers. Another thing you can do is, um, if you do have a little lawn, you're mowing it, some other fun things you could put in there would be like uh, disc flower, uh, which is also known as pineapple weed, and you could add all kinds of fun things seasonally. You could switch things out. Yourself go wild. You can even put a low lying lavender in there, you want to step on it, or something that's not going to go crazy in there, but definitely you can have fun. Nothing wrong with a little rosemary mugwort near the entryway, too, just to top it all off. I mean, you can definitely make something fun that you can share with your friends. And I'd love to visit that place or see pictures of it. And you know, we share things with each other, and we're friends, right? So let me know how it goes, and I'll see you here next time on my Magical Cottage Core Life. Now, we haven't gotten to why I want to call this a courtyard instead of an orchard. And that's because this place will have been designed by you with your vision. And your vision is the core of this place. It is the core of why the plants are there, the core of why the trees are there. And even more important, this is a place for you to create core memories. Times that you can look back on. Everything from the memory of putting it together, planting the plants and the trees, watching them grow, pruning, all of the good times you have here, the times you come to celebrate here, to mourn here, to maybe even just contemplate life. All of these things are creating core memories. And that's why it's a courtyard. It's not designed to produce bountiful harvests of fruit for commercial production. No, it's designed for you to produce bountiful harvests of you of your memories, of your experiences, and of your insights. That's why it's a courtyard. Now what can you do in there? You can do things like 
just sit back and relax. You can sunbathe. You can sketch. You can write into your journal or your diary. You can compose the next great Gatsby novel. You could have socials and teas. Everybody could get together for lemonade. You could get together with your friends and reenact scenes from Steel Magnolias. It really depends on what you want to do. If you're more of the sociable type, you could even put an earth oven out there. An earth oven would be great. Making a little pizza uh, underneath the trees and the, the wonderful air. You might even want to put a few pots of rose geranium and some other citronella plants to keep away the mosquitoes but you know you don't have to there's no reason that you would need to do that unless you are really getting eaten alive but it's definitely a nice place to be you may find that uh, people are drawn to the area don't be surprised if children pop up in there Uh, just make sure that you have no trespassing signs because what that can be called is an attractive nuisance according to the law. Anything that invites people to want to come play like a playground or a park can be an attractive nuisance. So you want to put up signs that say that, you know, enter at your own risk because you don't want anyone getting hurt there. A child could climb a tree and fall, which is another reason to keep the trees small. But again, you want to protect yourself in all things because in the United States, we're very litigious. So very, very quick to do lawsuits. So definitely protect yourself. But um, there's all kinds of fun things you can do in there.